Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ben Criddle's life accomplishments include being a two-time conference champion, creator of the Ode to the Walk-On, business mogul, and every Cougar fan's favorite weekday sports radio host. This is Cougar Sports with Ben Criddle, right here on ESPN 960. ESPN Sports 960, Darnell Dixon of the Daily Herald on the program today. I want to thank Brandon Gurney for co-hosting with us the first couple of hours. He's gone home to watch the Manti Teo story um, that's on Netflix, the two-parter that I saw last night. Pretty compelling stuff. Anyway, thanks to Brandon for jumping on the show, helping us out today. Uh, I've already We've already talked to Greg Biggins from 24-7 Sports about JoJo Phillips, who's going to commit this weekend, from what we understand. A couple of nice interviews with Jackson McChesney and Isaac Rex. Also, a little bit of BYU basketball talk. Noah Waterman in town. Finally putting that roster together for BYU men's basketball as they get ready for the season. And lots and lots of football, as always. And uh, right now, stepping in on the microphone for the first time today, the busy, busy man, it's Ben Criddle. Hi, Ben. Yo, guys, fantastic work. Thanks for filling in. You guys do a remarkable job. Shout out to Gavin Lee for uh, running all things. Shout out to you, Double D, for keeping Everyone in line, keeping everybody in check. I put Gavin wondering. on the spot. I didn't mean to. I was going to ask him about himself because I didn't know much about him, but I couldn't figure out to make his mic work. It was all plugged <laughs> in. Everything was turned up. I'm like, I don't understand. So I never – because I've been in a couple of times when Gavin's been here, and I introduce him as our social media yeah, guy, but I don't know anything about him. We're trying to get him kind of acclimated. We haven't given yeah. him the mic just yet, but he will. He's going to have the okay. mic soon. Okay. I just didn't want to – you know, you put too much on his plate. Okay. You know, but, but I you put too much on my plate because I couldn't figure out how to make the the box work so he could talk. So anyway, uh, we'll figure it out. Shout out to G Man, G Man. Appreciate him being here. No, I, great show thus far. Appreciate you guys doing what you did. Uh, you guys got into some Isaac Rex sound. By the way, like I'll just make a few comments here. Isaac Rex still not. 100 percent he said 80 percent on the interview yeah, yeah. It, but the death star is still operational <laughs> i told you guys the death star will be uh will be operational is it fully operational yeah to a certain degree it's fully operational once the friends arrive uh and uh isaac's gonna be uh is gonna be able to play in that game i think game one so uh will he be as prolific as he has been in the past you know maybe not but uh he had a devastating injury and he's recuperated and rehabilitated quite well all things considered and uh I, i'm not overly concerned about it uh what i was somewhat concerned about and granted you know you you see things you hear things and uh now it's kind of getting out 
uh, that uh, Dallin Holker had a little bit of a a, a knee, uh, Nick Dean bruise type of deal. Hasn't been in practice the last few days. Hasn't been in practice uh, for a while now. We saw him early on, didn't see him after about day three, and uh, therefore questions begin to be asked. And uh, Coach Clark spilled the beans in a Jay Drew interview uh, to the Deseret News. Jay's going to hop on at 530. Uh, Dallin is nursing a little bit of a – uh, a, a knee issue right now. So it doesn't seem serious, uh, but serious enough to where like, okay, like let's make sure that he's, uh, he's, he's, he's good to go. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. But that was kind of announced yesterday as far as the tight end. So you don't, you have two, you, you're, you're tight end one, tight end two that are not a hundred percent healthy. So that does put a little bit of a damper. It does maybe extinguish some of the, the optimism Heading into Game One versus USF, maybe the Game Two, the Game Two is the more important game here. Uh, you can win maybe with a uh, Ethan Erickson out there who's gotten a lot of reps due to Carter Wheat, Carter Wheat, yeah. or, or the fullbacks, or the fullbacks with Houston Himuli and you could Mason see, Wake. Maybe you could some see of those a folks. tandem yeah. of Mason Wake, yeah. uh, Isaac Rex. You could see that. And Mason's very good. Uh, Bryce, you whispered in my ear, uh, I believe we have a guest on the line right now. Is that correct? Yeah, speaking of injuries, you don't like to see injuries. Don't like to see anyone get injured in this game, this violent game, this game of attrition. But it's the greatest game on earth. But uh, it's also one of the most dangerous games on earth. Uh, But uh, I want to discuss the right knee of Zach Wilson here for a moment. So last year... Uh, Zach Wilson fell on his knee slash shin with a defender kind of draped on the backside of him, and he went into the turf, his right knee, and he suffered a PCL tear, a PCL sprain. I think it was. I think most reports came out that it was like a grade two, possibly. I never saw the MRI. I'm not sure, but he made it back. I want to say after maybe four or so weeks, four or six weeks. I'll have to go back and look at that, and. Uh, I think I don't know if he was braced up, but he he made it back and he played the remainder of the years. Many times you can you can um, push through those things. You don't need to have a, a surgical procedure to reconstruct the PCL if it's a grade two, grade one, etc. Uh, and even then, when it's a grade three, you may not have to operate depending on uh, what the uh, maybe the integrity of the knee looks like, etc. So I, I want to allow somebody else to come in and discuss the knee and uh, what recently happened with Zach. And I want to find out is there some correlation here. He recently had a bone bruise and, and then a meniscectomy. Uh, the ligaments were still intact. I think there was good news that came out of it. Rich Semini reported of ESPN and many others. So let's welcome in one of the team physicians, the team physician, orthopedic and sports medicine doc for BYU Athletics. Uh, let's welcome in Dr. Dane Allred. Doc, how you living, man? Thanks for joining us. Great. Thanks for having me. Hey, love having you on the show. Uh, before we delve into Zach Wilson, how are you doing during uh, high school football season as it's already started up and also uh, college football season r- ready and roaring now? We're ready. Excited for the season to start and hoping for uh, good, healthy seasons for these athletes. Successful yeah. years. What is the busiest time of the year for you and why? I feel like it's usually in the fall when all the high school and college athletes are back. They're in full practice. There's a lot of in-season uh, sports going on, and especially football, which probably 
yields the most injuries of any of the any of the sports, both in high school and in college. Yeah, it's hard to probably stay because of the, the the collision nature of it, as well as the number of athletes that participate. They're they're the largest rosters by far of any any of the teams. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to stay healthy, and there's a lot of young men out there playing sports. A lot of ladies playing sports during the the, the fall sports season. Uh, Doctor Dane, already here on ESPN 960. Doc, uh, I think you've been able to watch a few of the the videos of uh, of the Zach Wilson injury, and kind of wanted to get your perspective on on maybe what occurred in the uh, uh, the mechanism of the the Zach Wilson most recent injury, where he was in the open field on turf, scrambling out of the pocket. Plants with the right knee, looks like he buckles a little bit, had a bone bruise, it sounds like a contusion, some sort of impaction injury, and uh, what uh, I think has been described as a lateral uh, meniscal tear or a meniscectomy was performed. Tell us a little bit about what happened in that mechanism. Actually, let me take a step back. I'm getting ahead of myself. Tell us a little bit about the anatomy of the knee and, and what that anatomy looks like, if you will. Educate the, the common layman here. Sure. So, uh Four major ligaments of the knee, ACL, PCL, MCL, and LCL, uh, those each have a separate function and stability. MCL and LCL uh, prevent uh, side-to-side angulation, and ACL and PCL mostly prevent forward and backwards translation uh, of the shin bone on the femur. Uh, inside the knee, there are uh, two meniscus cartilages. They, they act as sort of shock absorbers and cushion, uh, as well as sort of fill the gap. Um, if you imagine a tire on a road, there's sort of that contact, but there's a little triangle in that area. The meniscus sort of fills that triangle in the knee, and that allows uh, the contact forces to be spread out over a, a greater area uh, and reduces the stress and strain on the cartilage. Okay, so, uh, you know, that that's what comprises the knee. Um when you go back and you look at Zach Wilson's injury, what do you see that maybe uh, we don't see? What does uh, what what caused maybe uh, that particular injury and having a bone bruise? Yeah, the bone bruise can happen with a little bit of uh, translation in the knee. Uh, normally, when the PCL injury occurs uh, and heals, there's some continued laxity. Normally the patient or the player can can recover and return to playing without really feeling that too much. But in certain situations, the knee has a little bit more movement than it would have had the PCL never been injured. And when, when that happens, uh, the bone, when the bone shifts slightly, they can kind of bump into each other, causing the bone bruise. Now the meniscus has a little bit of play in it. It's uh, attached, but has some ability to move forward and back mostly, but a little side to side. But when you have that extra laxity in the knee from a a previous injury, that can require the meniscus to move in a high force environment to slightly more than it's able to, and that causes the meniscus tears. Yeah, it's it's Um, intriguing to me, Doc, because... uh... PCL injuries, going back to that original injury that Zach sustained, uh, they're not always uh, operative diagnoses, right? You have a PCL tear, and 
you're like, oh, all right, we'll let it scar down. Like, tell us a little bit about how you approach a PCL. Why don't you reconstruct it all the time as opposed to, you know, t- treating it maybe conservatively and allowing it to uh, um, uh, just scar down? Yeah, so the, one of the differences in the PCL and the ACL is that PCL is covered with a synovium or sort of a lining, and that lining allows the PCL a better opportunity to heal than does the ACL, which isn't really very covered by this line. So the ends of the PCL, when they're when they're a little bit torn, since they're wrapped in this synovial lining, have a better opportunity to heal. And that allows non-surgical treatment for most PCL injuries. Um, usually when we're operating on a PCL, it's because the PCL is torn along with one or more of the other ligaments in the knee. It's pretty rare to operate on a PCL when it's an isolated injury of the PCL uh, because the PCL has the ability to heal. The ACL really doesn't have an ability to heal very well, and so most of the ACL injuries do need surgery. How do you rehabilitate from a PCL injury like uh, Zach Wilson sustained, and is there any way to accelerate the healing? No proven ways to accelerate the healing. Uh, we, we do rehabilitation. Usually we put a, a brace on the knee to help reduce the forces that the PCL sees as the knee is going through range of motion and, and as the athlete begins to uh, start doing more and more activities. So bracing is important. Um, we start with range of motion, reducing the swelling. Uh, but really there's some time component for that uh, PCL to heal and become strong enough to, again, uh, take some of the loads and forces that it's going to be required to take uh, to play sports. Dr. Dane Allred, team physician for Brigham Young University here on ESPN 960, breaking down Zach Wilson, uh, his uh, his knee injuries, and what his, uh, his prognosis is looking like. Now, most of the reports came out initially stating, hey, two to four weeks uh, with that bone bruise and contusion and understanding that there is an existing – uh, there may be some existing laxity due to that PCL tear. What would the prognosis be, do you think, to rehabilitate, get stabilized, and get back into to playing the game of football? Yeah, I think the two- to four-week estimate is uh, pretty on point there. Um, the bone bruise, I guess we don't really have any idea how severe that is or what that really looks like. It was only reported as bone bruise. Uh, those can take, especially by MRI, several months to completely disappear. Uh, however, usually the symptoms can resolve quicker than that, and really that's an as-tolerated kind of uh, injury. As soon as you feel that the knee doesn't have pain or it's not swelling, uh, then the bone bruise, uh, you can play on it, even though it may still be somewhat present on MRI. Yeah, interesting. It's like, uh, you know, what type of pain do you experience in a bone bruise? Uh, how would you describe it uh, for those that have never experienced maybe that uh uh, that femur to tibia, the thigh bone to, to lower leg bone compression that could cause such a bruise. Yeah, most patients describe sort of an ache, and it's, it's worse with the higher impact thing. So sitting or, you know, going on a spin bike usually doesn't cause a lot of discomfort, but loading it in higher impact activities is usually where you feel that sort of soreness, sort of a deep ache in the bone or in the knee. Um, not usually too sharp and not usually associated with any sort of catching or clicking, but just sort of a deep ache and can sometimes be associated with some mild swelling. Dr. Allred, uh, Kalani Sataki's talked this this year, this uh, fall camp, about giving some of his starters a little bit of time off 
uh, maybe a practice here or there or more than that. Um, as a physician, where, where do you land on, I mean, because it is obviously a sport that puts a lot of twerk and a lot of pressure on joints and, and, and their injuries will happen, but how, how, what's the balance with making sure the guys get enough work and then the overuse, which probably I would imagine leads to a lot of injuries as well? Right. That's always a difficult balance. And, you know, that's one that coaches I think are getting better and better at, um, Many of the injuries occur when the athlete is over fatigued. Um, we see it even on the football field. You know, the uh, the muscles provide some d- dynamic stability, meaning the muscles firing at the right time help stabilize the knee and other joints. When there's a lot of fatigue and those muscles don't resist some of the forces, then all the forces then go onto the knee ligaments or ankle ligaments or shoulder ligaments. And when the ligaments see all the forces, then you're at higher risk for injury. So we do see um, increased injury with overtraining, especially with fatigue. Uh, the second type of injury is sort of these overtraining injuries. A lot of those are the tendonitis type problems um, or other overuse things. So we try to manage both of those. You can't have higher incidence of acute injury and higher incidence of overuse type injuries uh, with overtraining. So a smart uh, training program where the athlete gets the work in necessary but doesn't overdo it is certainly beneficial. And I think we see that at all levels now. We're getting smarter and smarter about not overtraining athletes. Dr. Dane Allred here on ESPN 960 discussing anatomy and physiology, orthopedics and sports medicine, the Zach Wilson injury, and uh, uh, a little bit of BYU uh, content as well. It's it's hard to, to stay healthy in football, and it, I think you really point out some, some key uh, elements here in order to stay healthy, like f- fatigue and maybe a lack of proprioception with your neuromuscular system contributes to a lot of injuries. Um, and, and it's hard to do that because, uh, you know, this is a, um, a, a sport in which you're pushing your bodies to the li- you're pushing your, the body to the limit. So when you, when you see guys like Zach Wilson who are at the, the peak, uh, of their performance, uh, in the NFL and, and, uh, they're rehabilitating from these injuries, you know, how, do you, do you try to get them to kind of slow down a little bit? Robert Sala, the, uh, the head coach said, we're not going to put him out there until he's a hundred percent. Is that a difficult thing to do when you're when you're discussing these things with these even these collegiate professional athletes uh, when you're in consults with them? Sure, you know athletes they want to be out there. They don't they don't want to be on the sideline for anything, and so sometimes we have to do a little bit to protect them from themselves and their their competitive natures. Um, but certainly at the uh, you know college and NFL level. Uh, an athlete who's not close to 100% is, is really not going to be able to uh, be where they need to be to compete well and to protect themselves from uh, further injury. Doc, what do you specialize in at your uh, orthopedic and sports medicine practice? Is there specific procedures that you see more of than, than others? What would you say your specialties are? Yeah, from a surgical practice, I'm primarily knee and shoulder, so I do a lot of ACLs meniscus and cartilage surgery, and in the shoulder, uh, torn labrum, shoulder dislocations, rotator cuff problems, AC joint separations, uh, all the sort of common knee and shoulder problems that occur in sports and active lifestyle. What's the common questions you get 
more often than not when you're evaluating an ACL patient, someone that's disrupted an ACL and they're going to need surgery? What type of questions are typically asked to you from the patient population? Yeah, a lot of that um, stems in the return to play. Um, you know, how fast can I get back? How long am I going to be out? Um, so that's probably the, the foremost question on most of the athletes' mind is how long how long am I going to be out? Um, then, you know, sort of what is the, the, the near-term um, rehab look like? The, you know, middle-term, what, you know, what is it going to look like for me to rehab? How much time is that going to take? Uh, how much work is that going to take? And then we also usually have a discussion uh, regarding um, what are we going to use as a graft uh, for the ACL? Uh, the ACL usually can't be put back together or repaired, so we put a new ACL in. And what we use for that graft is usually a topic of conversation as well. What What are the, the, the preferential, um, I guess, uh, reconstruction methods there as it pertains to graft? For, for ACL, there's four most common grafts. Um, the uh, patellar tendon, which is sort of a tendon that goes from the kneecap down to the shin. Um, the hamstring tendons, which are in the back of the leg. Uh, the quadriceps tendon, which is a newer graft, but becoming uh, more commonly used. And that would be just above the kneecap, the tendon just above the kneecap. Mm-hmm. And then a donor or cadaver uh, graft. Okay. No, that's the, good to know. Um, the donor cadaver graft has, was kind of popular a number of years ago, but what we've seen from young athletes, especially those in their teens and 20s, who have a cadaver donor graft, the failure rate is about four times higher than if we use a graft from the patient's own body. And so that's a graft that I think in young athlete has really fallen out of favor and it really doesn't do a service for a young athlete to have that graft as the failure rate is much, much higher. So 40-year-old Ben would be okay with the cadaver graft, Achilles allograft, because uh, I'm, I'm slow and getting a little bit old. But not, 25-year-old Ben may want to get that, uh, that autograft, that maybe that patellar graft or uh, the, uh, uh, the hamstring. Yeah, that's true. So in, in patients 40 years and older, the, the uh, donor graft or the allograft uh, has pretty similar results. That's likely due to the difference in activity level. You know, not too many 40-year-olds are playing football for three hours a day. Um, and so the donor graft does seem to be a good graft for those uh, around 40 years old or older. Going back, I want to get back to the PCL real quick just to kind of clarify. Um, with these high-level athletes that do sustain PCL tears, and not everyone's a high-level athlete, right? So you're seeing the, gam- the gamut, you're seeing a broad spectrum of of, uh, of patients that do sustain PCL injuries, like when do you typically recommend that you perf- that to, to perform a reconstruction on the PCL for those high-level athletes, whether it's high school, college, or professional? So uh, normally that's only in the highest grade, so they're sort of graded as one, two, and three, three being the worst. Uh, sometimes in the grade three, uh, tears, we recommend surgery, um, usually not for the grade ones and twos. Uh, those usually do just as well without surgery or better uh, than with surgery, and they recover much quicker. 
um, some of the grade threes, and as I mentioned earlier, especially if there's other ligaments injured in conjunction with the PCL, for example, the PCL and uh, LCL uh, and some of the other ligaments on the lateral side or outside of the knee can be injured together, and that's somewhat common. And when, when there's multiple ligaments injured, then surgery usually uh, yields the best result. But most of the isolated PCLs uh, are treated without surgery. And even the high-grade ones can be given a trial of rehab and see how they do, and if they scar in and heal up, and if not, they can have surgery a little later uh, if the knee seems to be unstable functionally. Love it. Doc, if they want to learn more about your practice, best way to find you is at, uh, at which website? What's the best way to find out more about what you do and how you do it? I work with uh, Intermountain Health, so Intermountain uh, Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, uh, Utah Valley. Uh, that's our website. Uh, I'm on there also on uh, LinkedIn. You can see my bio and, and training. Love it. Uh, Dr. Dane Allred, just as a side note, degree from Boston University School of Medicine, uh, his residency at University of Rochester Medical Center in orthopedic surgery. He did a fellowship also in sports medicine from uh, Massachusetts General Hospital and multiple board certifications, etc. So, Doc, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks for sharing your expertise and your knowledge on our show for our fans. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Great to Always a pleasure catching up with Dr. Dane Allred. Any follow-ups, any thoughts, Double D? Most of that went over my head, but I was I was just thinking about the impact on the individual. Like, we think about it as, oh, you know, the team is going to miss this guy mm-hmm. and somebody's going to get an opportunity to play that didn't get to. But it's a devastating moment for that particular player. I, I just saw yesterday uh, Jackson McCarty, a quarterback in Mountain View, just posted he suffered a, an, an ACL tear yeah. and he's done for the year. Yeah. Think about how devastating it is for a high school senior who's the starting quarterback since his sophomore year. He's done for the for his career. He's probably not going to play again. And then you have high school. You know, that's what we're talking about. We have college guys who are really desperately trying to get back in the game. It's all they've known. They they love playing football. And the doctor's saying, you're not quite ready yet. And then they think, oh, man, I know i got to get ready. And it's a lot of times they come back too soon. So as I'm saying, we're always talking about it as how it affects the team. But as, as it affects the individual, can be really difficult as well. Love that commentary. Double D, Darnell Dixon by my side. Coming up next, Jay Drew is going to be joining us five for that 5.30 segment. Don't miss it. We'll discuss his most recent article and why the health of maybe the tight end room is a concern amongst Cougar Nation. Jay Drew, Deseret News, coming up next. This is Cougar Sports on ESPN 960. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 